Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today we're going to talk about Christmas trees. So are Christmas trees okay? Are they a Christian tradition or are they pagan? So my first question is, would you like to have a closer relationship with God? Maybe get angel visits, dreams, visions, audible voices, see your prayers answered for healings or basically whatever God wants you to do. Would you like to do it in a greater way? If so, then we must make certain that we are not doing anything to put a wall between us and Jesus, such as doing pagan practices. In Demetri Dudeman's testimony, when the angel told him about America, he said, You might say, Why? We trust in God. We have God on our side. On our dollar bill, it says, We trust in God. But, brothers and sisters, how are our lives? We go after foreign gods. The American church is full of adultery and fornication, sodomy, divorces, abortions, If we repent with all of our hearts, Jesus will help us. We'll stop sinning, and we'll know that when Jesus comes, we'll meet him in the clouds. Then the angel spoke to Dmitri when he asked the question, Why did he name it the Mystery Babylon, talking about America? The angel said, Tell them because the nations of the world immigrated into America, and America accepted them. America accepted Buddha, the Devil Church, the Sodomite Church, the Mormon Church, and all kinds of wickedness. America was a Christian nation. Instead of stopping them, they went after other gods. Because of this, he named it the Mystery Babylon. Well, one of the things that our nation does is worship Christmas trees, as we call them. But let's see where it actually started. Now, in this study, I actually saw something new. Very interesting on this. Genesis 21.33 tells us, where the tradition of worshiping or worship having to do with trees actually started. It's going to surprise you. Surprisingly, it was started, according to the Bible, by Abraham. Genesis twenty-one thirty-three says that Abraham planted a grove. Now, anytime we say groves, you have to understand we're talking about a group of trees. All right, now let's hang on. So why would ancient people, why would they worship associating with a group of trees? Well, you know, they didn't have churches to go to back then. They didn't have big buildings. They didn't have many of the nice things we have. And so it was a way in their mind to get close to God, to get up before these trees to worship God. And that's what Abraham does here. It says, Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. Point being, a grove, a group of trees, according to Genesis 21.33, has to do with calling upon the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. So a grove or a group of trees has to do with worship, worship of God. Question is, which God? Then we jump down to Exodus 34.13. But you shall destroy their altars and break their images and cut down their groves. Deuteronomy 7.5. But thus shall you deal with them. You shall destroy their altars and break down their images and cut down their groves and burn their graven images with fire. 12.3. And you shall overthrow their altars, break down their pillars, burn their groves with fire, and you shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. 16.21. Thou shalt not plant thee a grove of any trees near unto an altar of the Lord of God, which thou shalt make thee. Judges 3.7. All right, now with that... We're about to get into the whole story. So instead of reading this whole thing separately, we're going to go right to the story. The story of how God saved Israel by removing the Midianites. Now here's the situation. 
kind of like we see today with President Donald Trump, that is, in my opinion, being brought in to drain the swamp, and that means to get rid of a lot of the evil in high places, not just America, but America especially, but also across the globe. And so he's been brought in by God, and if we were to accept these thousands of people arrested and tried, then America would probably turn around and repent and become a whole lot closer to God, and our judgment would be delayed perhaps for many, many, many years. But of course, what happens, and this is probably going to be Monday's broadcast, so I'm not going to get into that yet, probably what's going to happen is as these people are arrested, you're going to see CNN and their other buddies jump on the bandwagon and make people angry about it. Well, in this case, Gideon was raised up by God. I'm about to read the story for you. And this has everything to do with a Christmas tree. It's centered around a Christmas tree. He was raised by God to deliver Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Now, who are the Midianites? Well, today they're what you would call Palestinians or Arabs, or basically their brothers or Ishmaelites or Esau. These are the guys that are against the children of Israel. So we'll start at Judges 6.14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. See, one of the things that we Christians tend to do too quickly and easily, we tend to say, well, God told me, or I heard from God. Well, God told me to go get a hamburger. <laughs> you know, we, we act sometimes like we walk and talk with God so quickly and so easily. But in this case, Gideon, wanted to make absolutely certain that it really was God talking to him. And I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that we Christians need to make more certain that when we say it's God, it really is God. Verse 18. This is Gideon now talking to the angel, telling him, Don't leave. Don't leave until I come to thee and bring forth my present. And set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. See, this has everything to do with giving presents, with Christmas trees. So the angel comes to him and says, I'm going to use you to save Israel. He says, I'm not worthy of that. But to prove that you really are the angel, first, let me go give you a gift. In this case, I think it's a real good lesson when the angel comes and says, I'm going to use you to do something. The very first thing Gideon does is give the angel a gift, a big gift. Listen, and Gideon went in and made ready a kid, in other words, a goat. And unleavened cakes of ephah flour, so he kind of made him like pancakes, all right? The flesh he put in a basket, and he put forth broth in a pot, so he made him a meal, and brought it out to him under the oak, and presented it. And the angel of the Lord said, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and lay them upon this rock, and pour out the broth, and he did so. Now listen to this. And the angel of the Lord put forth the end of his staff that was in his hand, and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and there rose up a fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. You got that? Try to imagine this. Some man comes to you, says he's an angel of the Lord. How do you prove it? I think this is a pretty good way. So Gideon goes and makes him a meal, brings it to him. He says, okay, put it on the rock. He touches it with the end of his staff, and all of a sudden the rock 
becomes on fire and burns up the gift and told him to pour out the broth. At that point, I think, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> I would have I would have no further questions that this is the angel of God. Now, of course, in the case of Gideon, he actually tests the angel several more times, but that's not the point. Matter of fact, I think if, if Gideon were to ask me, I'd say, I think at that point, I believe that this is the angel of God. If he can make my gift burn up that I put on top of a rock. But this is a very important story. Let's go on. And when Gideon perceived that it was an angel of the Lord, he said, Alas, O Lord God, because I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said it in peace be unto you. Fear not, thou shalt not die. In other words, he's so scared at that point, he thought he's going to die. Now, here's the point so far. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. And it came to pass in the night that the Lord said unto him to take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock. So he's told to take two bulls or two cows of seven years old and throw down the altar of Baal. Now, what's Baal? That's the cow god. So he takes two cows to sacrifice, and he's told to throw down or pull down the cow god altar that thy father hath. And, listen to this, listen to this, cut down the grove, that's a grove of trees, in other words, cut down their Christmas trees, that is beside it, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God on the top of the rock in the ordered place, and take the second bullock, and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove, which thou shalt cut down. Got it? Okay, so what he was told to do is to take two cows, pull down the cow god, cut down all of the Christmas trees next to it that the pagan people would put their gifts under the trees and decorate the trees, which, by the way, they would decorate them with red and green and other kinds of decorations. They decorated the trees, and then they poured out drink offerings and food offerings to their God. So just like Gideon brought food to the angel as a gift, well, that's what they did. They brought food and drink and various gifts that they would put under these Christmas trees or these groves to offer to their gods. That's the situation. But Gideon is told, and I want you to pull down the cow god. Then I want you to take all of the trees that you cut down and make a great big fire and burn the whole thing up. You know what? Maybe that's what we need to do. How many of our churches have Christmas trees in them. That is mixing religions. That's bringing a pagan religion into the church. You want to know why so many churches do not have the Spirit of God in them? Ah, that that's not good. I'm not going to say anything else, but I'm going to say that's not good. And God is not pleased with that. Let's go on with the story, though. Then Gideon took ten men's servants and did as the Lord had said. And so it was, because he feared the father's household, the men of the city, he could not do it by day. So he did it by night. So here's the situation. Takes the two cows, pulls down the cow god, cuts down all the Christmas trees, uses the Christmas trees as firewood, burns up the whole thing. Then, after he's burned it all up, then he offers the second bullet. So he, the reason he's offering the cow is to cover the sins of the people. So what has happened is the Philistines, or their enemies, were coming down and stealing all of their food and putting them into bondage. They had taken away all of their, their weapons of war, and they had made them slaves. And the reason is because God had turned his back on them. Why? Well, they didn't understand. It's because they had put up Christmas trees, and they were worshiping a cow god. And they couldn't understand why God was not pleased with that. 
So then he goes and he gets Gideon. Gideon proves that this angel really is of God. He goes down, he pulls down the cow guide, he cuts down the Christmas trees, and he burns the whole thing, and then he sacrifices two cows as to, to cleanse the area. As a result of that, then God is able to then start blessing Israel. So when the men of the city arose early in the morning, and the altar ball was cast down, and the grove was cut down by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built, they said to one another, Who's done this? And they acquired and said, Gideon, the son of Joash, did this thing. I'm, I'm going to kind of summarize it here so we can make it a little faster. He said, Bring him out that he can die. So Gideon comes out and says, Are you going to defend Baal? Are you going to save him? I thought he was a god. If he's a god, let him defend himself. So that kind of shut him up. As a result of that, God decided to deliver Israel from their enemies. They were slaves in their own land because they'd turned their backs on God. Sound familiar to a certain degree? Are we not slaves in our own land because we have evil people ruling over us in the Senate and in the House of Representatives and even in the lower courts and just everywhere? I mean, tried to take away our guns, tried to take, they took God out of the schools. We have evil people ruling over us. So a lot of this is true for America. Let's go on now. Let's jump to Judges 719. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came to the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle of the watch, and they sat and they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. Now, let me explain what's going on. So if you just have this big torch, you can be seen for miles. So what they did is put a pitcher or like a clay pot around the torch. So the torch is burning in the clay pot, but you can't see it. And they took Gideon and his 300 men, and the Bible says that the Midianites were down in the valley like grasshoppers. Thousands of this. I'm, I'm going to guess uh, probably 200,000, maybe 300,000 people. It was a lot, a lot of them down there in the valley like grasshoppers. And then up on the tops of the mountains around them, he spread out his 300 people. And each one of those, the, the way it was in those days, each one of those torches represented a, I might be using the word wrong, garrison, and it represented a group of men. And it seemed like the number was like 25. I'm sure someone will email me and tell me the exact number, but the point is the same. So each torch represented a group of people that had come to do battle. So around the tops of the mountains, we have 300 people, and they have these torches burning, but they're covered with a pitcher. So at the right time, they say, sword of the Lord and of Gideon, they break the pitcher, and all of a sudden, of course, that breaking the pitcher sounds like a lot of swords, sounds like a lot of people up on the mountaintops, and all of a sudden, they see all of these 300 torches, and they think that they're surrounded by many, many, many more men than there actually are out there, and they blow a trumpet. A trumpet is the sign of war. It's what you do, at least if you're on God's side. It's what we do. We blow a trumpet. I mean, like the Bible says, blow the trumpet in Zion. And this is having to do with Armageddon, which we aren't going to talk about today. But So they have these 300 torches, all of a sudden, that are revealed. They blow 300 trumpets, and they all say, sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And the end of the story is... God causes each one of the Midianites to begin to kill themselves. They kill each other. And, of course, then the Israelites did have to come down and 
finished killing off the remainder of them. But that day was a great victory. Matter of fact, Judges 8.30 said that at Gideon's death, he had three score. What's the score? That's 20. So three score is 60. 60 and 10 sons. So he had 70 sons and many wives. So you think that that's a pretty big victory? Oh, that's a huge victory. And it was given to them. Why? Because they cut down the Christmas trees and they pulled over and burned the cow god. Okay, well, Stan, I don't have any cow gods in my house. Okay, do you have Teletubbies? Do you have these little statues of these little... uh, That's not my expertise. I can't call all these little things. But if you'll get Occult in Your Living Room by Stephen Dollins, which is an offer we have right now, you will be shocked at some of the things that you will be throwing in the trash. Some of the things you might be burning in your fireplace. What I'm trying to say is sometimes... We have brought things into our home that are pagan, and we don't know it, but we have opened a spiritual door. We have sown a root, and as a result, that root can then allow other demons and other problems to come into our life, our finances, into our children. Here, let let me ask you a a question here. Do you have dreams, bad dreams, Uh, maybe even night terrors? Do Do you have any of that? Well, here's what you do. You get you some oil. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, you anoint every door, window, entrance, and exit to your house. That includes water, the internet, the cable coming in, uh, the electricity coming in. You anoint every entrance and exit to your house in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you ask the angels to be put roundabout, and the dreams will go away, the bad dreams. Because you're, you're going to seal. And by the way, see, if you have some kind of little widget, whatever it might be, and if it's a cult, then the devil has permission. You've given him permission, you see, to come into your house. Your children having bad dreams, wake up screaming in the night. Mm-hmm. There you go. And you got to look around. And, and some of the dolls, some of the dolls, uh, some of the to- play toys, if they're pagan, then you've opened the door. You said, well, we are playing with this. And so the devil says, okay, well, you've given me permission. I have a root. I have authority to come in and to kill, steal, and destroy. And we we do things sometimes in ignorance. And that's the reason, brothers and sisters, you do want to get that DVD, Occult in Your Living Room by Stephen Dollars. And it's part of the, the gift offer. I'll tell you more about it here at the end. First Kings fourteen fifteen. For the Lord shall smite Israel... As a reed is shaken in the water, and he shall root up Israel out of this good land, which he gave to their fathers, and shall scatter them beyond the river, because they have made their groves, provoking the Lord to anger. Wonder why sometimes we don't get that raise, that promotion, that job. Wonder why we aren't able to get the house that we want, and yet we set up Christmas trees. (laughs) We wonder why we're doing things out of lack of knowledge. Verse 23, for they also built them high places and images and groves on every hill and under every green tree. See, that's what they did. They, they planted a grove. They decorated the trees. Then they put their gifts under the tree to their God, just like Gideon did. He brought gifts to the angel. And the angel burned them up with the touch of his staff. When, when we put up a Christmas tree, be at home, be at church, We decorate it. We put gifts under that Christmas tree. We are worshiping another God. 1513. 
And also Makah, his mother, even her removed from being queen because she had made an idol and a grove. God removed her from being queen because she set up a Christmas tree. 1633, and Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord of God of Israel to anger than any of the kings of Israel that were before him. Now therefore send, but what did he do? He made a grove. 1819, there, now therefore send and gather to me all Israel into the Mount of Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, that's the cow god, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which did eat at Jezebel's table. So that now moves us on to the next story. So you recall the whole preach-off, The we're going to find out who God incident was with Elijah. So God came to Elijah and told Elijah, I want you to set up a contest. I want you to call all the prophets of the groves together, and also the prophets at Baal, and I want you to have them to call on their God, set up a sacrifice, and you call on me, and I'm going to send fire from from, from God. And that's what happened. These are the scriptures talking about those groves. They're prophets of the groves. There are two kinds. There's prophets of Baal, in other words, of the cow god. And then there's prophets of the Christmas trees or the groves. So they called upon God, their God, the prophets of the groves or the gods of the groves or the gods of the the cow gods, however you want to say it. From morning until night, they cut themselves. Blood gushed out, but they couldn't get their God to answer. And the deal was, the God that can answer by fire, let him be God. Finally, Elijah repaired the altar. He dressed the cow, and he laid out the cow, the sacrifice. And then he said, pour a barrel of water on it. Pour it again. Pour it again. And it drenched the sacrifice. It drenched all of the wood. And it ran around uh, the, the sacrifice in a trough full of water. Probably the thing was almost floating in water. Then Elijah called upon his God. Fire came down and burned up not just the sacrifice, but the water, the rocks, the the wood, everything. Everything was just whoosh. It was the morning star again. So then what did they do with the prophets of the Christmas trees and the prophets of the cow gods, the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the groves? What did they do with them? They took all of them down to the brook Kidron and they slew them there, all of them. See, that's what Trump is trying to do right now. He's trying to arrest over 100,000 bad people that are guilty of just two things, of either corruption or sex crimes, sex trafficking, something like that. And they're not going to put them through an O.J. Simpson trial. They're going to put them through a military tribunal where they can try four, five, six people an hour, or they can even try a large group of people that are guilty of pretty much the same thing. They can try them all at once. In other words, what is happening in our nation is another Gideon experience. But in the case of Gideon, after God had arranged to remove their enemies, the Midianites, you see, they didn't have CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, New York Times, and other fake media, which, by the way, I don't think you ought to call them fake media. I don't think you ought to call them liars, what they are. They're liars. They're liars. They are sons of Belial, to say it more correctly. They are sons of the devil. Sons of sinners. They're sinners. They're tares. <laughs> I'd love to see Trump turn to him and say, oh, you're just a tear. I could just hear him say, what? Well, go look it up. You made us go look up misogynists. So go look it up. What's a tear? Go find out what I'm talking about. <laughs> Be nice, Stan. Okay. <laughs> it, God is going to make all of this correct. Okay. So anyway, the point is, 
The point is, if we want the blessings of God, we can't worship cow gods. Oh, we would never worship a cow god. Okay, then why do you set up a Christmas tree? But Stan, what do we do? Okay, well, in our family, we still exchange gifts because there is precedent for that. Because Jesus was given gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There was many gifts given to Jesus, and that was a gift exchange. So having and giving gifts for Christmas is fine. We have precedent for that. But show me in the Bible where anything having to do with the birth of Jesus came from trees or mistletoe or chestnuts or all of that sort of stuff, all pagan. We, if it's not in the Bible, as a Christian, we don't do it. We follow the Bible, period. That's what we do. I just uploaded my new book, Miss the Mark, to the printer. So it, it should be coming in approximately three weeks. And so probably next week, I will start talking about what is in Miss the Mark. And it is awesome. I'll say this. When I talked about Miss the Mark, in Evansville, you should have seen the looks on the 300-some-odd people in the audience. Their eyes were big as silver dollars because they had never seen it this way. They had never thought of it this way. The devil is going to send a deception so powerful, so perfect, that if it were possible, it would deceive even the very elect. We'll be talking about that book soon. You might be saying, oh, it's not that important. Let me read from what the angel that spoke to Dimitri said. The majority of my people will be overtaken and trampled because their lives are not clean before their Lord. Tell this message to them. Do not be quiet. If you are quiet, I will punish you because the churches are fraudulent, counterfeit, fake. They live a life as their hearts desire with their hands stained in blood, adultery, sodomy, worshiping, here it is, strange and foreign gods. Then let's skip down. Tell them because all the nations of the world immigrated to America. America accepted them. America accepted Buddha, the devil church, the sodomite church, the Mormon church, and all kinds of wickedness. America was a Christian nation. Instead of stopping them, they went after their gods. They went after their gods. That's the reason it's so important to get the occult out of our churches, out of our homes, out of our lives, out of our businesses. So we're offering what we call the Occult Holidays Gift Offer. It's six DVDs, five titles, valued at $170, all for a gift of $40. And if you order it by the 18th of December, you'll get it by Christmas. And if you order it by the 18th of December, you'll also get an extra book by Stephen Dollins called Under the Spell of Harry Potter. The titles of the DVDs are What's Wrong with Halloween by Dr. Jack Clooney. Dr. Jack Clooney is a ranking authority on Satanism, witchcraft, white supremacy, and other forms of cult and occult activity. He's helped investigators from the FBI, CIA, OSI, Border Patrol, and dozens of police and sheriff organizations across America in occult-related crimes. The average Christian has no idea of the influence of the occult. Then, from Dot Marquis, it's called America's Occult Holidays. Dot Marquis was raised in an Illuminati family, trained as an Illuminist, attained the rank of Master Witch, third degree. He reveals how all American holidays are designed by using an occult numerical pattern originating from the Illuminati. Discover the real truth behind the popular holidays of Christmas, Easter, Halloween, Valentine's Day, May Day, and other traditions of men. Learn the truth behind occult practices like trick-or-treat, May Day, and more. Then, Stephen Dollins in Occult Holidays Revealed. 
Stephen is an ex-Satanist high priest of the Church of Satan, and he reveals the truth behind the origins of Christmas, Easter, Halloween, the world's most celebrated holidays, and what is the hidden agenda behind Halloween. He also comes back and made a double DVD called Occult in Your Living Room, very popular, and he shows how the occult lures the young and the old into the practice of witchcraft and Satanism. You'll discover things in your home that are actually occult. Crazy movies, video games, role-playing fantasy games, these devices initiate our children into the world of occult, making them appear to be cute, such as Teletubbies, Pokemon, and various other children's books. Bill Sneblin was a voodoo priest, Wiccan high priest, second-degree member of the Church of Satan, New Age guru, occultist, chandler, 90-degree mason, knight templar, vampire initiate, and member of the Illuminati. He explains how the media exposure of vampires, werewolves, make them to appear seductive, and many people are becoming intrigued with evil. So he explains what is wrong with werewolves and vampires. So that's six DVDs, five titles, valued at $170, offer a gift of $40. You get a free book, and you get it delivered by Christmas if you order it on or before December the 18th at prophecyclub.com. The Occult Holidays gift offer at prophecyclub.com.